0: Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Associations Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. I wanna share with you a passage of scripture from the Gospel of Luke chapter eight, beginning with verse four. And as I read this, I want us to find our place in this story that Jesus tells. It's one that we all know very well, but where do we fit in? And I invite you to hear God's word. When a great crowd gathered, and the people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up, and some fell on the rocks. And as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell on good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. And as he said this, he called out, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And then uh, verse 11, Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. The ones on the path are those who have heard it. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who hear, when they hear, the word, they receive it with joy, but these have no roots, and they believe only for a while, and in time of testing they fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not produce. As for that which is good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. That's the word of God for God's people. I I turned 50 years old in a couple of months, and uh, what I've learned as you get older and you go to your doctor's visit for your physical every year, it gets a lot more interesting and a whole lot more personal, and I feel like I can share that given the audience that is here this morning and uh, when you go through that physical process, the doctor sometimes tells you things that you don't want to hear or, or things you didn't know or uh, they give you advice on ways that you could improve your health or lifestyle changes that can drastically uh, make you a healthier person. And You can do with that what you want. You can choose to listen to what they say. Or you can choose to ignore it. If you listen to what they say, uh, measurable improvements can take place. If you don't, well, that decline continues. It's a snapshot of where you are in that moment. And I think what Jesus is offering us here is a snapshot spiritually where we are. We don't find our identity in the four types of ground that Jesus is talking about. But we find where we are spiritually in this moment of our lives Being as though you work for the Christian Medical and Dental Association, I don't think any one of us here have that hard ground for our soul this morning, that we're not receptive to the Word of God. It it may not be who you are now, but it could be who you used to be. You could have been that person whose heart was hard and unreceptive and you resented the fact that someone that cared enough about you to sow the seed of the gospel in your heart uh, prayed for you or invited you to church. A thousand times they would invite you to church and you would say no and maybe even make life difficult because they chose to go to church. But that's not who you are now. Because there's power in God's word, power in God's love to cultivate and turn the hardest of hearts and make that soil open and receptive to hear the word of God. Maybe we feel like our soul in this point in our life is like the rocky ground or, or, or maybe it's someone you know and love and care for that they are nice uh, and uh, receptive to the fact that you are a Christian and they love the fact that you pray for them and maybe they come to church every now and then and then they hear a song or a message or something that really inspires them and for a while it's like a fire is ignited inside of them and they're on fire for Jesus. But then life happens again and trouble comes or disappointment or discouragement or any number of things happen that causes them to just come and go in the faith as as quickly as they came, they they go away. But God can transform that soil too. God can remove the rocks and make our hearts open and receptive. I, I think honestly most of us fall into the third category uh, where the ground is good, and, and it's easy for things to grow there. And, and that's the problem. It's easy for things to grow there. And along with the seed of the gospel that has taken root and uh, grown strong as a root inside of us, so is everything else in life. Everything kind of grows up together. And we grow to a point spiritually, and we just seem to stop we've reduced Jesus to another important priority in our lives. And, and, and maybe that's the problem. We've, we've reduced him to another important priority, along with a hundred other very important priorities in our life. And he doesn't always get the attention or the worship or the, the energy in our relationship with him that he so greatly deserves. And we stop growing spiritually, and it feels as though even when we come to church and we're active and involved in our communities of faith, that we're not really truly growing spiritually and we look at all kinds of reasons and excuses as to why that's happening or not happening and the, the truth is we've neglected the garden we've let everything else kind of grow up together and it's choking out our our fruitfulness and our faithfulness to god maybe we can't remember the last time we've opened our bibles or we have the app, uh, the Bible app on our phones now, and we, we don't have a fingerprint or a smudge on that, that icon on our phones that opens our, our Bibles on our phones. Or we can't remember the last time we've spent a significant amount of time in prayer or just listening to God as he speaks to us. And maybe we've reduced our worship time to listening to Christian music on the radio in the car when we're going from place to place, but God needs so much more. We need so much more. And if we allow him, he can come and clear the garden and pull the weeds and get rid of the thorns that are choking out our relationship with God so that we can grow spiritually. Because just as we go to the doctor and they give us suggestions to get better, how we are now isn't how we always have to be, and where we are spiritually isn't where we necessarily have to stay because God's love, his power can transform us. And I have no doubts in my mind, because I know some of you, and your hearts are like the fertile ground that produces this, this remarkable, miraculous harvest time and time again for the, the sake of God and for the kingdom of God. But that's, that's where we are spiritually. But our identity and our purpose and our mission is found in the opening words as Jesus begins this parable: "A sower went out to sow seeds." Well, that's what a sower does. A sower sows seeds. That's who we are. That's our identity. That's our purpose. We are the sower of the seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 16, I think he makes this point a little bit clearer for us. When he talks about a candle that's lit, a candle has purpose of shining a light. You light a candle to shine light in a dark room. That's its purpose. Um, You don't put it under a basket or you don't hide it under the bed. You light the candle and let the light shine. That's what a candle does. A candle's not worried about mistakes it made yesterday or the agenda for today or what's on the to-do list uh, tomorrow. A, A candle isn't worried about how it's going to scatter its light over here when it's over here. A candle just shines its light brightly for Jesus. We are to let our light shine. We are to sow the seeds of the gospel. God has worked inside of us. He's done something incredible inside of us. He's given us opportunities. He's given us relationships. He's given us words and wisdom and time to be all that he created us to be. And so that's all that we are asked to do is to scatter the seeds of the gospel near and far. We don't even worry about the type of ground that the seed falls on. Because Jesus then tells us that we, we scatter seeds indiscriminately, near and far, not worrying about uh, how the, the seed is going to be received by others. We just be faithful in scattering the seed. In East Tennessee and Southwest Virginia, we do uh, this a whole lot differently Uh, We don't necessarily scatter seed. We're a lot more intentional about where our seed goes. We will cut out a square uh, patch in our backyard or in a field. We will turn the the dirt until it's as fine as sand. We'll get rid of all the rocks and all the weeds. We'll lay our rows out straight as an arrow. We'll get down on our hands and knees and one by one put those seeds in the ground. We'll fertilize it water it cover it water it again every day we'll go out there and we'll throw out those rocks that just seem to magically grow uh, in the dirt around here and we'll pull the weeds and then we'll expect to harvest but Jesus said that's not how we sow the seeds of the gospel can't help but think that as he's talking to these people off in a distance he's watching someone do just this the ground was different where Jesus was Good ground was very hard to find. And so maybe he's watching a a sower just scattering seeds, reaching into a bag, throwing them all over the place, not even thinking about where they're falling because he's so desperate for a harvest that this sower was willing to take some chances on some non-traditionally producing ground in hopes that it will produce something. And and along the way, He's leaving room uh, for, for things to happen in unexpected ways and unexpected places. I think that's how it is when we sow the seed of the gospel. Uh, I, I went to seminary at Asbury Theological Seminary, and I'm proud uh, that I got that great education. The, the one reason that I, I chose Asbury was so that I can take a preaching class with Dr. Ellsworth Callis. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with him, but outside of my father, he It has had the biggest influence on my life as a pastor than anyone else. And I got there uh, just in time. I took his very last preaching class that he taught. And I think he had to be close to 90 years old then and uh, still going stronger than most uh, people more than half his age and what I loved about him is that he taught us to preach without notes. And he said, it's a lot more fun that way. You never know what you're going to say, but you're leaving room for the Holy Spirit to work and, and, and take over. And that's, that's a lot more exciting. And, and I found that to be true in 20 years of ministry now. Um, he did teach us to write our sermons. Do a lot of prayer, a lot of reading, a lot of research, rehearse, practice, go over them. And by the time Sunday morning comes, it's moved from your head to your heart. And even though you will never, ever preach a perfect sermon, that the congregation will be more open and gracious because they know it's real and from your heart. And, and, and I'm thankful that I've experienced that. And he said the reason that we, he taught us this way is to, to let the Holy Spirit kind of move through us and move through our work and through our words. I think that's true for life too. When we think about our role as the sower, if we don't leave room for the Holy Spirit to work and to move, we miss opportunities We become very selective in where our seed is planted as though we've got to be good stewards of something that isn't ours. And God says to scatter it freely, there's an endless supply, it's never going to run out. But we want to sow our seeds where we know it's going to be successful. But the good thing about this is the reminder is that we are not responsible for the success or the failure of the harvest, are we? We're responsible to be faithful. Some things that we do in ministry and mission are going to fail. Jesus wasn't successful in everything that he did. He had his share of failures. But that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to scatter the seeds. I I know what it's like, how heartbreaking it is in ministry when things that you invest so much time and so much energy and so much work in and you just don't get the results that you think that you uh, should have gotten. It's disappointing when mission trips fail to meet their mission or or when a worship service falls flat or the spirit just doesn't feel like it's there. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we did vacation Bible school with my two churches together. And uh, working together, uh, we spent hours and hours and hours, months preparing for this. And and we invested more money than, uh, sorry if you're watching, Dave, uh, you're going to be getting those receipts. Uh, a, a lot uh, more than we had planned on. And we were expecting all these kids to come, and we had 15 kids. And uh, we, the first night, we were very disappointed because we didn't even have 15 kids the first night. And uh, that night, God kind of convicted me and reminded me of something that I'd prayed, that God would send the kids that really need to be there. Well, we changed our attitude the rest of the nights. We didn't have any more kids come. But what we did have was uh, a lot of seed that was sown. And a little girl who was six years old named Angela was her first time in church. And uh, it, it was, she was there. And she well, was one of the few kids that were there. And we had uh, all these other uh, adults there. We had three times as many adults as we did kids. And I think God worked it that way for a reason. Because she needed all of that love and that nurture from all of these Christian adults that just loved her to death all week long, and she loved being there, and she's been in church the last two Sundays, and she brought her mom last week. And I, I'm so thankful that we didn't give up, or we didn't think, well, this is a failure, so why, why put any more effort forward in this? I think for her, we, we sowed seeds that fell into a heart that was good ground that's going to produce an amazing harvest for the kingdom of God. So we know that the seed is the word of God. It's not ours to control. Someone once told me that defending Jesus is like def- uh, defending a lion. You open the cage and you get out of the way and let God work because he's going to do things in, in unexpected ways and unexpected times and the, the harvest is going to come at, at an unexpected, at, at the great way that God works in, in ways that we can never see or dream or imagine it will. So I encourage you this morning, I'm so proud of the work that you all do to keep up the good work that you're doing. Keep sowing the seeds of the gospel, even through disappointments and failures and setbacks and everything else that we've had to deal with, especially the past couple of years. We keep being faithful to the mission. We keep sowing the seeds of kindness. The seeds of joy, the seeds of mercy, the seeds of mission, the seeds of compassion, the seeds of generosity, the seeds of faithfulness, and the seeds of God's love. Because that's what the gospel is. That we have this story to tell to the world that desperately needs to know that Jesus loved us so much that he came to this earth for us, to show us the way, the truth, and the life, to be that example for us, to to give us peace with God and peace with one another, and, and how to worship and get along and live life in this world. But even more than that, he came out of his love to die for us, to pay the price that we could never pay for our sins. And not just die on a cross, but raise from the dead so that we can have the hope of everlasting life. And I believe that there's a world out there that you know all too well, where you all go places that few people dare to go, to scatter that seed near and far in the hopes that some person, one person, will come to know Jesus. Or we will come to know Jesus a little more deeper than before. And those tiny little seeds that we sow can turn into a miraculous harvest. So I just encourage you this morning, keep on doing the work that you're doing. Keep scattering the seeds near and far. God bless you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.